I'm Ashley. And I'm Valencia. And this is Self Misguided. So we are still on the beginning phases of our podcast journey. Um, It's only our second time actually sitting down to record. So we are just going to kind of catch up on what's been going on in our week and then get into a little bit more about each of us today. So I was just telling Valencia, we're talking about getting our names changed. (laughs) So my baby is nine months old and I have no idea where his social security card is at. And we haven't applied for his birth certificate yet. Which we forgot we hadn't done until we were talking about our passport. You're which... such an organized person. This shocks me so much. Right oh my now. god, I'm I, I am incredibly type A, but and it's so funny because like I know I know what it's like after people have babies. I've seen it, but like the only because Ryan was home, the only thing I had to do for the first three weeks after I gave birth was whatever I wanted. Like if I wanted to sleep, if I wanted to be up with the baby, if I wanted to feed him like I did that I did whatever I wanted and Ryan took care of everything that needed to be done what's that man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's gonna be like the sentiment everyone's gonna be like gosh why is he with her but anyone who knows him knows he's just getting to taste his own medicine yeah he knew what he signed up for (laughs) oh yeah um so that's like all of that stuff kind of like fell to the wayside and I went back to work after three weeks um working from home and for a few weeks before I went was five weeks postpartum and I was like I've got to go back yeah. to the office which is wild because now I'm just like I want to be home with the baby yeah. all the time um so I like didn't do any of that and didn't really think about it but in talking about that Valencia never got a social security card with her married name on it I've no. only been married like six years it's not that big a deal <laughs> and six years ago you could go with just like your old one and your marriage license because that's what I did with my first marriage so I just took well I went and got got the paper before they were mailed to one yeah and they let you use that well when I got married to Ryan it was 2022 so still kind of COVID era I got divorced in 2020 so I never changed my name back because at that time you they were like you have to mail your driver's license yeah. cannot be a, I was like what no, and I travel I could not be without a driver's license it, there was no way it could and they were like it could be six months before you get it back couldn't get on a plane, couldn't do this, couldn't do that, couldn't apply for another driver's license because they had like my birth certificate as well and my social security card. I was like, well, that sucks. Looks like I'm staying with my first married name, not going back to my maiden name. So when Ryan and I got married, we got married in February and I applied for my name change like two weeks after we got married. So the beginning of March and I sent my paperwork in, they sent it back. It's wrong. So I called Talked to someone, I was like, because hey, I had talked to someone the first time. I said, Hey, is there anything to be like a reference number to call or something so I know what's going on? Luckily, we don't live in a huge town, so she was able to like just write my name on the stuff, all this stuff. So I sent it in. I forgot to sign it. Oh. So it got sent back. So now we're on round two. Well, at this point, because of all the time, we are, we had just made an offer on our home, and my lender was like, You could wait till after we close. That would be fantastic. That, and we were quick, like we closed in three weeks. So yeah. there was no, I was not about to throw that. So I had to wait till after we closed and we got all the documents from Matt to change my name. So it took, I was seven months pregnant. I was like, I'm going to be born, like the baby's going to be born. I'm not going to have his last name. Oh. <laughs> but oh. Uh, yeah, at least I ha- I know, where, and I know where my social security <laughs> card is. Hey, I even got, I got married in 2017. And you could still go into the office at that point. Like, I did that. I literally did everything I needed to do. I just didn't get in the, get it. I didn't get it in the mail. That's not my fault. 
But, you know, I never did anything about it either. I'm just collecting social security cards with different last names. (laughs) (laughs) Not a collection most people like to have, but. Uh, I'm on three. Let's see how long it takes Ryan to make it four. (laughs) That's a joke. Um, So what I was talking about. So I have a golden doodle. Yes. Let all the judgments start. (laughs) I have a golden doodle. Okay, he's like half golden doodle, half like hybrid human. I don't know. You're going to laugh so hard when I tell you about his event visit, too. Oh, great. So my golden doodle's name is Samson, and he is my baby. Yeah. I know I have an actual human <laughs> baby, but Samson, I got we got Samson. I was six months pregnant, and he is my sole dog. And everyone around me knows it. Like, I'm at dinner watching him on the bleak camera, talking to him, making sure he's okay, <laughs> leaving things early to take my dog out. It's, like, um, more than I do for my two children. <laughs> Sometimes it's more than I do for my one child. <laughs> so he had his ear vet appointment yesterday. And we go in. Are you ready for how much my 18-month-old dog weighs? 91.4 pounds. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, all three of our children combined. <laughs> So everyone is always like, Samson is really tall, but he's like kind of lanky. And I tell people all the time, I was like, he weighs about a hundred pounds. And people all the time want to argue with me. I'm going to hang that on the fridge the next time <laughs> someone wants to argue You're with proof. me. Well, uh, was that before or after you shave him though? Cause I'm sure that's going to add a lot. <laughs> he's like halfway through. Like he's got an appointment at the end of July yeah. for to get shaven again. Um, his harness didn't fit because I didn't. I haven't fixed it since we shaved him. (laughs) And I took him out as harness. The vet's office was the funniest disaster because I took Theodore with me and I put him in the baby carrier. And that's uh, Thursday is when I learned Theodore can say dog now. It's the cutest thing as he's shouting and every dog in the lobby, dog, dog, dog. Um, He is, he is a dog lover to his core though. Um, I did. I he I guess Theodore did it all himself shame someone because their dogs barked at him and every time they did he'd just start bawling so they went and waited outside I felt so bad wow it was like a, it was 97 degrees it was not I felt so bad I was like you don't he'll be fine like he'll get used to it so I was like Chase does this all the time so you know, like when he cries whenever Chase first starts whimpering and then he's fine with it yeah it was just like that and um sorry I'm drinking Diet Coke so if you hear that it is 8 a.m. <laughs> hey, I've got my Alani, so it's fine. I'm glad you found those. Were those at the neighborhood market? No, 7th Street Supercenter. I, like, took every single one that I could find. <laughs> I, love, I love to see it. Um, but, yeah, so we get there, and there are all these dogs there, and Samson just wants every dog to be his friend. So I have a 26-pound baby in a baby carrier on me, and a 91-pound dog. This is it, why we work out. <laughs> 100%. Six, six people, I counted, said, oh my gosh, you have your hands full. Cool, thanks. <laughs> um, and the last time I had taken Samson to the vet, um, I was, like, it was August. I was eight months pregnant, almost nine months pregnant. The vet tech or whatever would not help me with him. So, like, he went down on the scale. She just, like, literally stepped back. And then she wouldn't hold him or anything to, like, give a shot. So, I thought that was, like, normal. So, I was like, oh, that much just, they just must not handle people's dogs. Oh, my gosh. People were helping me when Chase was, like, a little tiny puppy. Yeah. So, I go this time. And the girl walks out. She's like, oh, I'll take him. Don't I? I was like, because 
I was like there in my mind a little panic. Well, I just, I just kind of thought maybe it was like a he's a big dog kind of thing. It was they didn't know how he'd react. Oh, I had yeah. I didn't know if it was just policy for him, you know. Not to judge the first girl. <laughs> she does no longer work there. <laughs> but not to judge her. Yeah. I don't think she was doing anything wrong. In my mind, what was happening, I wasn't like, how dare her? I was like, oh, this must be policy. This is wildly inconvenient. This is Ryan's problem now. But as I was taking him and I had Theodore, which I didn't originally plan to have Theodore with me, um, I was like, how am I going to do this with this baby strapped to my chest? Because I cannot put him on my back. The logistics of it just don't work for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of difficult at first, but the yeah. practice thing. That, okay, real quick, I have to know. Was Samson in the back seat or the front seat when you drove there? Oh, in the front seat. He can okay. sit so in the front seat because Ryan wasn't there. <laughs> so I'm just like picturing your dog in the front seat. Of oh, he car. does. I have I have a picture I'll have to show you of him like one day when I was cleaning out the car. But when we first had Theodore, Samson like immediately jumped into big brother mode. But Samson was only nine months old when we had when we had Theodore, we brought Theodore home. Um, so we were really worried about how he'd do in the backseat, like if he'd try to kiss him or anything like that too much. So up until Theodore was, I mean, just a few months ago, so six or seven months old, when we all rode together, I rode in the backseat because I don't drive. I am a passenger princess. (laughs) Um, and Samson would ride up front with Ryan and we got the funniest look. And I have some of the funniest videos because like Ryan, like, like, Samson doesn't let you just, like, drive with him. Like, you have to, like, have a hand on him or, like, be petting him. And then about a few months ago, we just, we tested him, like, a five-minute run to the coffee shop. Samson was perfect. He literally laid down next to Theodore. Theodore literally is, like, petting him and falls asleep. Oh. And that's when Samson goes and sticks his head out the window. No, he's just, <laughs> Samson is the perfect dog when he needs to be. But, like, Val just walked in the bay and got mauled. Okay, because... but he missed me. Oh, he okay. so did. He, like, well, Danielle, um, she, like, isn't around dogs a lot. She has a cat. She's a cat person. So, I was always really worried with Samson because I didn't know how she felt. Oh, yeah. And, side note, I only grew up with little dogs, so I was terrified of big dogs, which is a big reason I wanted a big dog, because I didn't want Theodore to ever be scared of him. Oh, sure. Um, so, I was just kind of putting myself in Danielle's shoes, so I was always really cautious and always kept Samson back. And Samson doesn't, like, he gets a little rowdy with her, but it's usually, like, over time as she's playing with him, he does not do that to her anymore, like, what he does to you. Um, <laughs> Val is the it. fun aunt. That's his problem. <laughs> yeah, He's like, and Val's it. here. She's going to play I'm with like, me. I'm like, here, let's wrestle. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, though, even if you, like, hated dogs, you could never dislike Samson. Like, he's just, his face, just by itself. He's got those creepy human eyes. <laughs> but it's, like, oddly comforting. Those or... creepy doodle. The, yeah, it's oddly comforting until it's, like, 2 a.m. and he's staring at you, like, hey, you want to wake up and play? <laughs> yeah, that's what the lady who lives the street over, she's the sweetest. She has an eight-year-old grandson. And he, like, terrified of, like, so the lady lives across from her has these little Bashan dogs. And so they're like mini Samson. So like five, six, seven pound Samson. That's oh what they look gosh. like. They are the cutest I need to see this. Yeah. We'll have to take them on a, a walk after this. Yeah. See if they're out. Um, he wouldn't even go around them. So one day he was out and she stops. So I, it was like the third day at Samson. I, she saw us and she's like, I just have to come see this dog. Which my entire neighborhood feels that way. <laughs> I can guarantee. They don't know her by name, but they know <laughs> Samson like all the way. We don't. We don't go on a walk without getting stopped. Um, 
But I bet if you walked without Samson, people would be like, who is that girl? I well, I do. I walk and I like run. Like when we were doing seventy five hard, some days like if I was like kind of sketched out, cause, like all the anxiety and like being on Zora and stuff like that. Yeah, I would just stay in this neighborhood. No one would talk. No one talked to me. <laughs> I don't have Samson. What was the point? Um, mm. they'd wave at me. Uh, but her eight year old. So the first time I walked by with Samson, he was there. He's like a little weary, but you could just tell he's like intrigued. And not even 10 minutes later, Samson is off leash. They're wrestling on the ground, playing with a basketball. Every time I can hear that he's out or see that he's out, I try to take Samson over there because he's just in love with him. And Samson loves little, like, loves little kids, like boys, especially because, like, he roughhouses with them. Um, but yeah, he is one of those dogs that even people who don't like dogs are interested in him, even though he's so big, because he really is like a gentle giant, if like he kind of senses that's there. But yeah, so we go back, 91.4 pounds. We walk in and the guy's like, he, the, the vet is like, he is the perfect weight. I love to see golden doodles reaching full size, not being bred with a mini. He's like, it kind of really eliminates a lot of the health problems we find. And then he's like, perfect muscle mass, uh, this, that. We do not have Samson fixed. We were waiting until he was a year old. At a year old, uh, I talked to him, and she's like, wait till about 18 months old. That's where he's at now. So I was going to bring it up. And before I can even say anything, he's like, I love that he's intact. As long as he's not aggressive, it reduces cancer risks and arthritis risks. So keep him intact unless you have, like, you know, you have a need, whether it's doggy daycare or whatever, or he starts getting aggressive, like, too protective of the baby because. Samson doesn't let people he doesn't know walk up to the baby. Like, he'll full leash in front of the stroller. If I'm carrying him, he'll full leash out. Nice. And he was body blocking the vet. Oh, well, Like, in, like, the nice. sweet way. In, not oh, in a mean okay. way. He's, like, he's never, he's growled at two people. And both of them, the baby wasn't with us. Um, the first one, it was, like, 5 a.m. Um, and I was walking him before, like, we had to get up and get ready to go somewhere. And this guy in a motorcycle does a U-turn on Florida and then walk, like tries to come up to us and is like talking and like, <gasps> no. oh, look at the pretty doggy. And it just, it was dark. He like literally saw this guy kind of stop and Samson's just kind of like growling at him. Does not like that this guy is approaching us. I don't either. I, I didn't either. Too. No. And that's what I was wondering. I was like, yeah. I wonder if he picked up on my energy with Probably. that. And then the second time he growled at someone, we were walking down to the trails on Zora and this guy pulled over, like, off of Zora into the side street we were about to cross. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, he's such a pretty dog. I had to stop and ask, like, see him. What kind of dog is he? Which I get all the time. Samson is, like, yeah, this like, fluff ball. I wouldn't stop my car. And, uh, it, it, it just Yeah, there's, like, it's, like, what, one of those things. And he was, like, is he friendly? That's when you say no. <laughs> I said, well. And then as he said, as I was about to answer, Samson starts growling at him. I was, like. Way to go, buddy. Listen, you were the smartest dumb dog I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> the only people Chase growls at are the vet because they give him shots and he hates them. He doesn't. He doesn't even flinch. Oh no! Chase. It's the stool. It's like the stool sample part because yeah. we get. A, I get a stool sample now every time we go, uh, just because God knows what Samson has gotten into. Right. But uh, a dog will eat anything. Oh yeah, anything. It's like if if it's his mouth, it's edible. He'll figure it out, even um, if it's not edible. <laughs> He'll make it edible. He's key to the baby. Yeah, so took his blood, did his shots, perfectly fine. We buy his flea and tick medicine as heartworm a year at a time because mm-hmm. you say, like, 
you basically save the price of the heartworm medicine yeah. for the year, like with the rebates and discounts. So five hundred dollars on my vet appointment. Love that. Period. And the vet tech is like, "Well, that's all you have to spend this year." And the doctor goes, "How often do you have to get him groomed?" Like, because like I'm wondering if she was like one in one. I was like, "No, they're incredibly high beta. Like, Samson costs more than the baby. He has to get groomed. He has we put him on natural food, all those treats, his medicine, his toys, his toys." <laughs> I want to know how much I've spent on dog toys. They're everywhere. Puppies just go through more toys because they have to chew through everything. It's like. That's that's one thing that didn't leave his puppy face. Like when he was puppy face. Like it's, so he's out of the puppy phase, And I definitely have puppy blues about it. Like I'm, I miss it. Which is Val is like, like as someone so who watched ready. me live through it. She's like why? Yeah, I'm like so ready for Chase to be done with this. He chews literally. There's like nothing you can leave out. He will chew it up. That's so. It drives me nuts. Sam, we're now able to like he doesn't get it. Like so at one point Sam's did an entire can of baby formula. Because it was out on the counter. Then he was I remember sick. you telling me. I'm like yeah. well he'll be well nourished for a while. But he was sick for like the like for a whole day afterward. Because it's just like going to be so upset his stomach. Um, we can, that, he doesn't really mess with the bottles anymore. We try not to leave him out. Paper towel rolls, it's on site. He sees a paper towel roll, he's <laughs> shredding it. He doesn't care if you're standing right there. Um, but he's, like, stopped chewing on, like, because Samson chewed through all of my couch cushions, pretty much. Um, on my brand new couch <laughs> that I got right after the baby was born. Yeah. And I've repaired, I still, there's still one cushion I haven't repaired. It's just that one. It's, I, just, I, I did all be. of them, and then I just hit this block. I don't know what it is. It's like if you do it, I feel like you think in your mind if you fix this one, if there's another one that's going to need fixing. So you might as well just leave this one. Yeah, like he's going to chew another yeah. one. But he, so he stopped doing that. Um, he doesn't mess well. He definitely doesn't mess with cords after he chewed through the fan cord and got electrocuted when he was five months old. Learned his lesson on that. Yeah, so it's just, it's a lot easier, but he still just gnaws on those toys like there's no tomorrow. And he's like, curious about things he doesn't know so we still have to be careful just not like we used to have to put all the couch cushions up like literally could not have anything on the counter so it was like a 20 minute task to leave the house for the dog stuff not to mention the baby (laughs) stuff um yeah that's where we're actually different because you leave samson out and i put chase up in a crate or in our laundry room because yes so val has more than two brain cells and she crate trained her dog uh Chase's crate is actually the original crate we had, but... You couldn't even stuff Samson in there, like, at any point. No. The journey of me ending up with the Golden Doodles, don't get me wrong, I had a boss who had one who was just, like, an angel. And I was like, that'd be perfect. I love it. So when Ryan and I were talking about buying a house, my deal was, we buy a house, I get a dog. I was like, I want a Golden Doodle. Over my dead body, are we getting some <laughs> poodle type of a dog? Quote, Ryan Cummins. Um... <laughs> so Should we just have him come in here and say that real quick. <laughs> so every time I say it, like I tell this story, his eyes just roll so hard. Um, so we are like days from closing on our house. We had kind of been looking for two weeks. We had went to a local shelter and saw this dog and met her, and she had a sister. And we had kind of decided that this is the dog we went to go with. They kept telling us she was lab and great Pyrenees mixed, but she was over a year old. She's full grown. I was like, there is no way she has great Pyrenees or she's too small. Mm-hmm. She was, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's probably like 40 pounds, but if anyone's seen a great Pyrenees, you know she didn't have any of that her to be full grown at 40 pounds. Samson was a puppy at 40 pounds. Um, 
And so she, I, I did not want a puppy. Um, I was having a boy, so I wanted a girl dog. Keep the numbers even. And so we went out, we found her and they're like, yeah, she's kid friendly. It's great. She, you know, fostering a home with kids. So we went and paid for and everything the day before we closed our house. So the day after we closed, we would be able to pick her up, bring her home, kind of get situated with her. So we did that. She was such a sweet little girl, but I'm looking through her paperwork after we bring her home that they didn't give us until that day. The vet has her as lab Sharpay mix, which makes, I'm sure someone's going to correct me on the way that's pronounced. Do you know what kind of dog I'm talking about? I'm going to have, I'm going to look up a picture and I'll post it on the Instagram. We were like, we, this just in case I have just royally messed up uh, the name. So they're those like wrinkly little dogs. Oh yeah. So they're adorable, but as a breed, they are really territorial. So they kind of get to one human and get, they're really loyal which, don't get me wrong, I'm sure is great, and I'm sure could be a great family dog, but they're not known for being a family dog. They're not known for being great with kids and things like that mm-hmm. because of their territorial and protective nature. <clears throat> so I saw that, and I immediately was like, oh, because I am like a researcher. I'm someone who does all this research, does all these things, like trying to combat any un- – I want to know every unknown, even though I can't. I kind of find out as I go. Yeah, and I, I, like, I do like all of this – like. All of, so I've been researching different types of dogs and I kind of narrowed down if we were going to get a purebred or what types to avoid. And that was actually on my avoid list. So I saw that and I was like, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, her, she has those ears. That made so much sense. But I was like, you know what? She's so sweet. This like, it's not possible, right? My little brother comes over. What was it? A day later, she immediately tries to attack him. So... I was like, I'm six months pregnant. I can't not have kids at this point. We're a little past that. Um, because I think like if I had had her and I wasn't pregnant, we were talking about having kids, I wouldn't have given her back because in my mind, I'm like, oh, we could. But we were three months away. I was like, there's no way. So our options are to keep her separate from the kid. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, I don't know you, so I'm going to attack you because she had made friends with the cable guy and the refrigerator guy and all this stuff. It was you threatened me, so I'm going to attack you to protect myself. And I, so we put her in her, like, back in the kennel whenever, like, while my little brother was there. My little brother had brought her, like, new toys and stuff like that over the moon to, like, have a dog. Because they have a little dog, but she's older and she doesn't play or anything like that. Yeah. Um, So he was over the moon so excited. So he is heart shattered. Aww. I'm literally eyeballed. So I called the shelter the next day. I could not speak. I was sobbing. I had waited years to get a dog. Yeah. And so I, we called the shelter. The shelter's like, we'll bring her in. We'll see it. Like, we'll, you know, kind of, like, look at it and see, see what we need to do. I get a call the day. So we bring her in that day. I get a call the next day. I'm so sorry. She cannot be in a home with children. I don't know, like, what went wrong. Super apologetic. Now, the shelter doesn't do refunds. They were offering to refund her money. That's how you kind of, like, know. Oh, yeah. And we were like, no, we want to sponsor her adoption. So find a good family that doesn't have kids. Because we didn't go to the Humane Society, so the shelter's a little bit more expensive. Oh, yeah. Um. So, like, use it as a sponsor for her adoption. Like, would you mind doing that? Which they did. And she eventually found a good home. I spoke with one of the one of the people who work with us uh, is related to the owner. So I spoke with the owner not that long ago just to kind of check up and see, because I never posted anything about her again. Um, 
so I was heartbroken. I was literally like sobbing every day for like two weeks. Yeah. I had the dog for three days. <laughs> so I go in to work one day and one of my coworkers is like, hey, I know you kind of like just went through all this. So like everyone at work knew because I was a mess. I know you kind of all went through this with your dog, but I'm going to go pick up a golden retriever puppy today. Um, they're $350, but they don't have their shots. They're not papered. So you'd have to do all of that. If you want one, they have two left both girls, both like seven or eight weeks old, um, let me know and I'll pick, I'll pick it up for you and you can, you know, Venmo me. Yeah. I go and I call Ryan right away. Cause we had talked about getting a golden retriever. Oh, I wanted one so bad. And he was like, yeah, if that's what you want to do, that's great. So I'm looking at the puppies and just there's like, I was still a little unsure. So I did what any normal person would do. And I text both my mom and my mother-in-law to see what their <laughs> opinions were. And my mom is like, well, actually I have a friend who, breeds beagles and she said she would give you one like as a baby present beagles are one of the best dogs for kids so they were at the top of my list labs golden retrievers beagles and obviously golden doodles because they're just known for being lovable dogs goofy dogs yeah um so beagles are at the top of my list i so i text ryan ryan's mom texts me back and she goes actually pam and john which are ryan's grandparents grammy and papa um are going to pick up an Aussie doodle from a lady whose children come to my daycare. She used to run a daycare. They have three golden doodle puppies left. They're five months old, I believe. Um, Someone's coming tonight. So I'm actually going out there. I'll send you pictures of them. So I call Ryan. And so he comes out to have lunch with me so we can talk about it. Golden retriever, beagle, golden doodle. I am expecting him to say golden retriever, like just to not give me an option, right? And he goes, well, obviously this affected you way more than it did me. Like, you've been without a dog longer. You've, like, wanted this so bad. He goes, it's up to you. And I know. He knew. <laughs> I knew the moment he uttered those words, I was getting the golden doodle. <laughs> but the one I would prefer the least, and I was, like, holding my breath, he goes, is the beagle. Those are, like, kind of yappy dogs. I was, like, sold. Yeah. We're getting the golden doodle. <laughs> like, literally. I knew. I, I, I told him I was going to think. Yeah. I told myself I was going to think. I knew I was getting the golden doodle. I knew yeah. we were getting the golden doodle. <laughs> I'm with him on that, though. I don't like yappy dogs. They drive me insane. Well, they're not. My, so my mom has two of them now, and they're not. And these are, like, lineage of hunting dogs. They're, like, yeah. incredible. And I was, like, well, I, so we go down there. She lives near them. So I've gone down and some, seen all the dogs and played with them and stuff like that. I was, like, so how do you, like, teach them to hunt? Because, you know, I'm not a dog trainer. And she goes, these dogs, it's in their blood. She's, like, they literally, as soon as they walk or, like, we let them out and they chase and like tree nice. rat, like squirrels or whatever, get rabbits. I don't know what I I'm probably messed it up. They're gorgeous dogs. Ryan went out there and he goes, oh, maybe we should have gotten a beagle. Oh. We almost took one home that day. Hey, it's not too late. <laughs> I know. Well, that's kind of like where this is going. So Jill sends me pictures of the three that are left. And she goes, hey, someone's coming tonight. So if you want one, you need to pick it out tonight. And then she sends me one. She goes, this one's my favorite. His name is Samson. That's what they call him. They all... Like, don't get me wrong. The other two looked different, but they're all cute to me. So I was like, you know what? It's your favorite. We'll do Samson. Paid the, paid for Samson, which golden jewels are really expensive. So I feel the need to say I only paid $250 for Samson, which was not even double what I paid for the shelter dog. Wow. So we got a heck of a deal. My little clearanced puppy. Um, So we go out to pick up Samson that Saturday and Murphy, which is Ryan's grandparents, Aussie Doodle. They're half brothers. The dad is the poodle. Samson's mom is the golden retriever. And she was a beefcake. 
Um, so we go out there and we're talking. And the guy is like, he's he's been our favorite. And you can just tell. And we knew when we got Samson home because my coworker actually ended up taking the third puppy. And just the difference is you could tell Samson was their favorite puppy and probably like, because <laughs> they tried to keep all the puppies in the house and like teach them to be civilized dogs. Oh, that's cool. But you could just tell Samson probably was like left on a little bit. We get there. They have little boys, like little boys, Charlotte's age. Uh, they're crawling all over the dogs. <laughs> the, like one that's probably, I guess we could probably be Jackson's age, showing me Samson's teeth. Look how oh. good his teeth are. I was like, oh, this dog is going to be perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So we're talking and the guy goes, yeah, he's our favorite. He's going to be a huge dog. Biggest dog of the litter. Look at his paws. Samson's paws are huge. Yeah. Like insane and it's the first thing people say when they see him is look at his I paws i literally went on a walk i like both of them were like look at his paws i was like remember when you remember when you guys first saw him you're like yeah oh, I was like, like, he's gonna be that's my dad my right dad there. saw that so i didn't tell my dad about this because my dad is like a little i get a lot of my analytical side from him so in my dad's eyes he's like it's insane to get a dog when you're six months pregnant yeah it's not i mean wrong. i might have had a thought like that like you're kind of okay. <laughs> we, Val and I Do had you? known each other for what, like three months at the point that I got Samson too. Um, I was just thinking about me because I was like, I can imagine me be, I was like a planet because my kids were humongous, but I was like, she is getting a dog. And I was like, I would have never even thought of that, no. but it was perfect for you. So No. So we get there, Samson, we bring Samson home and he is the love of our lives. In, like, the best way. He's been the best dog. He is a cuddler. He hugs. He sleeps with his head on the pillow and his feet down here. Like a human. Um, He is just, he's such a sweet, goofy, like, dog. And he's so good. Well, what was it? Three months ago, they post, like, so I follow the page of the, I, I hate to say breeder because it's like, such a negative connotation but they really are good people and I would recommend them if I they breed Australian Shepherds they don't breed Golden Doodles they breed Australian Shepherds and Aussie Doodles um Samson was kind of like a rarity for them and it did not like Golden Doodles just didn't work out for them if I were to get another dog that's the first place I like like we've talked about it multiple times and I would love an Australian Shepherd they're the first place we would love Mm -hmm. just Samson was potty trained like we didn't have to potty train Samson he was potty trained he was well behaved we didn't kennel him, um, and I was six months pregnant, really emotional, so Ryan also wasn't allowed to get onto him, so he did kind of have, a like, no rules. But even then, it, it wasn't, like, terrible, you know? Yeah. Um, he never chewed up, like, our floors or anything like that. It was always stuff that was, like, easily repaired or replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few months ago. <laughs> what? I said how thoughtful of him for, right. to do that for you. Well, it's just, like I, like, I think we just lucked out with that. Yeah. And the one time we did try to, like, corner him to a room to see how that would work that's how my bathroom door he like tried to get in my bathroom door so much and he's so big that like I have to replace my bathroom door yeah. because if I don't want to see it's like just on one side but it's again, like a battering ram that dog. So like he could angry. knock that down probably. oh yeah I'm surprised well the, he never even tries to like run through the baby gate and I'm sure he just ripped that off yeah. he's he can literally over, jump over he's it he's jumped over it once and it's when I was on the other side of it and I just got home and he hadn't got a chance to see me yet and that like motivated it's the only time that baby gate's been up since what January yeah so for seven months now um the baby gate is to keep the cat and the dog separate not for the baby just in case anyone was curious <laughs> 
Um, That's what my, my baby gave to keep the dog in the laundry room. Because so. <laughs> yeah, your kids have figured them out. Yeah. Oh, man. But like three months ago, they posted that they were getting rid of their poodle. That was Samson's dad. They had two poodles. They decided not to breed. His name is Lumiere anymore because Lumiere is all white. Their other poodle is merle colored. So it just makes prettier Aussie doodles. And they felt really bad having Lumiere around and not breeding him. Like, he had been bred this entire time and stuff like that. And I, without thinking, messaged her. I wanted, like, Lumiere was so sweet. He looks just like Samson. He's smaller. But I was like, this would be perfect. So without really thinking about the implications of getting a second dog and messaged her, she wanted $1,500 for him. And I know, like, everyone thinks that's a lot of money. But for a purebred, standard, registered poodle, this dog has won awards in dog shows. He's completely, he doesn't go in a kennel. He's completely trained. Like, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. But then I started thinking, and Samson can be jealous. Not in an I'm going to rip your face off way, but in a he will, like, I don't get to hug the baby when I first walk in through the door because <laughs> Samson's, like, rubbed up against me, and he'll pout, or he won't eat, and, like, it, it makes, he gets really stressed out. Um, And so then I was like, oh, could I do that? Could I do that to Samson? So I kind of was like, maybe, and Lumiere still has stud life left in him because he's only a year older than Samson. So I was like, maybe they'll find someone who wants to show him and wants to breed him because Lumiere is going to come to my house and live a kickback, never be bred again, never have to do a show again, life, like live, you know, I'm, that's not, that's not who I am. And not to say anything against it, I just don't have the mental energy to show dogs. I have mad respect for people who do because I love watching dog shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so I was like, maybe he'll find a different home. Well, she posted him again, like a week ago that they had done a price reduction they still haven't found a home. She messaged me last night. Um, and I literally, I cried after I sent this back. She goes, hey, I was wondering if you're still interested in him. I said, yes. But I've been very on the fence about adding a second dog. Samson can be jealous, not aggressive, but pouty. And he's my baby, so I worry about stressing him out. And I know she, like, understood. She's she's a person. like, And having this, like, kind of relationship through my mother-in-law, I know that she's not, like, testing me out. But I just cried. I want this other dog so bad. I want a second dog. but. I know I'm not going to love him as much as I love Samson. Yeah, but... <laughs> what You're if trying you... to make me feel better. No, I'm trying to think, like, maybe if you could introduce them and see how they do together, and then... and then. See, that's, like, kind of like, you know, he does well with other dogs. Like, him yeah. and Chase do just fine. He does well see with other dogs. See if you can borrow dogs. him for a weekend. <laughs> it's more like when... Because, like, he even gets jealous when Ryan and I, like, are on the couch cuddling for too long. He, like, needs to butt in and, like... He does this thing where he just, like, puts his head against me and pushes into, like, my leg or my arm or whatever and will whimper if I'm, like, holding the cap for too long or, like, not paying attention. Like, if someone else is getting his attention is how he sees it. So I'm, like, how would I be able to do this? Like, would that be fair to him? Because Samson does have his own struggles with anxiety. Well, maybe he needs a buddy to help. It. Like, that's you're what, my buddy to help me through mine. So that's what, that's kind of like where I'm on the fence about it because I think that would be really good. But I just, I'm so worried. So I had actually talked to the vet about it yesterday or Thursday, whenever I went, just kind of to get a feel out. And he's like, it really, he's like, I've seen it go both ways. Yeah. So when I say like Samson is like a connected dog, he won't eat unless you're sitting with him. Like if you put food down and leave, he won't eat all day. He will starve himself before he eats by himself. Like some of the days we were gone, like all day long to Arkansas or whatever, people would come over, wouldn't eat. 
he would not eat. He wouldn't eat. So we would leave at like 6 a.m. He wouldn't eat until 11 p.m. when Ryan and I got home. And that was after we'd been home for an hour and he knew we weren't leaving. He won't eat on Ryan's lunch. So we have to get up early enough to feed Samson breakfast and him feel comfortable that we're not going to be leaving as soon as he eats for him to eat. And we have to be in the same room. We can't go into our bedroom and leave his food there. So I often bring his food next to me while I'm getting ready. But yeah, he, so like, that's like a big thing. And that's kind of what the vet mentioned. He goes, if he, if he really is like that, it could potentially, he is someone who's very connected to you guys. So that's like, he was like, my dogs could never. They're like salivating before I put the food down. I was like, Samson, Samson hears you getting in the food and goes to the room. He's like, eh, I'll eat when I'm ready. He's like jumping up and down, ready to eat, no matter like how much I no, feed his, him. Samson still hasn't eaten his breakfast and we're not going anywhere. He's just like, he's not food motivated. Even with like treats, like don't get me wrong, he gets excited when you get a treat. But if he's doing something, he's not going to leave that for the treat. It's like, I, I haven't given him whole mind. duck heads. That I've almost lost now. my hand. Because I don't give Chase his treats. No, he's like, I'm getting a treat. I'm having it right now. Samson is the kind of dog where you can set the treat on his nose. And he'll Aww. wait for a command. Like, he is, he's not food motivated. Hmm. Um, which, you know Chase is my dog. <laughs> which is like, oh, well, okay. So, it's a little annoying. Because there is, if Samson has made up his mind that he's not going to listen to you. Because he's not food motivated. There's nothing you can do to get him to listen to you. So, we treated Kath the other day. We are all out back hanging out treat a cat up with the people right next to us. So I go over there to get it because he's not coming back. And I just trying to be respectful of my neighbors. Don't want him hanging out in other people's yards. He takes off running, runs around their garage, runs right into me, takes me out. I have, so I haven't been running all week because like my knee got hurt. Oh yeah. This. Um, my butt's bruised. <laughs> so like, wait, but, you have cameras, right? <laughs> not out back. Oh, come yeah. on. Um, yeah. So we couldn't be like, Hey, you want a treat? Come here. No, we have to go manhandle this 90-pound dog when he decides not to listen to us. Yeah. Well, At least you'd be like, hey, Chase, you want a treat? Yeah, literally. I, like, can have nothing in my hand, and I'll just, like, act like I have something, and he's there, like, right there. Samson doesn't play that game. <laughs> it's it's the poodle in him. Like, he is, Samson is incredibly smart, learned all of his commands really easy. I, he's trained. He knows his commands. He can walk on a leash. He's harness trained. All of this stuff. It's all if he wants to use those listening skills. When he wants to be. <laughs> and, like, it's the most annoying thing ever about him. But, whoops. He's my baby, and I love him. And I, like, am heartbroken because I think I would love Lumiere. He's a little poodle. He's so cute. I don't know if I ever pictured him. I'm sure I did last time I was picturing getting him. Um, But, and I know he's, I know because. They're his dog that he is. Oh, yeah. Aw. I know. That he's, like, the best dog ever. You should just see if you can take him on, like, a trial basis, like, for a week or, like, a weekend and just see how it goes. Because if it goes the right way, you'll, you know, you don't want to miss out on that. I know. And, like, that is, a even even at the original price, it's such a good deal for a Mm -hmm. poodle. I did mention it to when they posted the other day. My coworker has poodles. I did mention it to him and gave him their information. So I might touch base with him Monday and let him know that there's been like a price reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like they raise great dogs. Like Murphy is, he's just like Samson though. He's like very clingy. It must be the doodles. Yeah. The, the, I was, I always tell people like the D in doodle stands for doofus. <laughs> Yeah. I can see that. 
you have you have a very opposite dog from me. Yeah. He likes cuddles. I guess I'm just not that into it. <laughs> I hope you Well, it's it's I just wish he would actually just like lay down next to me and put his head on my lap, but he has to have like his nose on mine and on top of me. He's just like my children. I'm just like get off. <laughs> Samson Samson will do that if you're not petting him enough, but otherwise he'll just lay next to you. Yeah. No, I well see, Chase is still a very much in puppy mode because you can start to pet him and he gets too excited and starts to like nibble at you and it's really annoying. Oh, he does nibble. That was, it's, that is, I love Chase, but that's really annoying. It is. And it, it, I am very hesitant to let him inside too much. He's an outside dog for the most part, but when it's too hot or too cold, he comes in. But whenever and he sleeps inside people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, he, his nibbling, like, he obviously doesn't hurt me, but he would probably hurt the kids if he did that. Not intentionally, but... I think it would freak the kids out a lot, yeah. too. Yeah, well, they don't even like going near him. Like, he's still just very much in your face, and it, it gives me anxiety because he's a German Shepherd, and I keep seeing all these stories of, like, these dogs you've had forever, and then all of a sudden they just freak out and hurt your kids, and I just... That's, like, I've been seeing all those, too, and that's, like, another hesitancy I have with my second dog. Yeah. But so, yeah, yeah. It's, you, your kids didn't have it like weren't around a dog though. Because I remember when I got Samson, it took them a minute to warm up. They were terrified of dogs, and I don't know why I was like, "Oh, let's get a dog." So you're not terrified. That did not change anything. They're not terrified of him. They're very much used to him. Yeah. But Charlotte's too, and she'll be like, "Sit down." Like she just yells at him, and it's really funny. He listens to her better than anyone else. They're so. just like they're Charlotte and Jackson are just at this like play age yeah so like they love samson they want to be out with samson but samson is also still really young so they all get too excited and then i have this 90 pound dog jumping around not my kid yeah and like so that gives me i do remember the first time you guys came over after we got him charlotte was not i don't know if she wasn't walking or barely walking yet and samson would only army crawl around her he wouldn't stand up next to her and that's how i was like i because we hadn't had the baby i was like oh this is great this is perfect See, I'm like, I'm more comfortable with them playing with your, like, 90-pound dog Sam's, rather than mine. Samson does not put teeth on people. Like, yeah. he'll nibble at our hair. Yeah. But, or, like, he'll, he'll open his mouth, and I think everyone thinks he's going to bite, but I actually just don't think, like, he's, like, <laughs> trying to catch his breath because he runs so hard. Samson yeah. does not nibble. He never nibbled on us. He yeah. does not bite. Now, this is where, and I might cut this part out. If Samson even, like, if Samson, like, even put his mouth around us when he was a puppy, it was, like, immediate harsh punishment. Like, and that's, so I think it happened maybe two times, maybe three, that, and it, like, he just doesn't do it. And it's not like he goes to it and then flinches, he just doesn't do it. And to me, it's just, like, so the first time we had everyone at the house, I can't remember Thanksgiving or, it might have been Thanksgiving or Christmas, so... There had recently been a, a story semi-local to us where um, an Australian Shepherd was, like, laying on the floor with the mom and the baby, and the baby was, like, a few weeks old, and it bit the baby on the head and killed the baby. Yeah. And this was right around, I, I, can't, I can't remember what it was, but it was right around the holidays. And I did both the holidays at our house this year. I'm going to do it next year. That way Theodore wasn't, like, traveling because he was three months old at Christmas, so two months old at Thanksgiving. Um, nap times were fine. I didn't have to like worry about bringing his stuff because mm-hmm. one thing I don't care about is other people's feelings when it comes to my baby. So I wanted it to be convenient for me. Mm-hmm. Um, With that. So, so we had it here 
and it was great. Don't be wrong. I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, and I had the baby out and Samson, like we were talking about how he does with Samson. Samson wasn't even out. Everyone was like, Oh, did you hear about that? Did you hear about that? Like getting in my head that Samson is going to somehow turn around and just like chop down on my baby. Now, do I understand the possibility? Yes. I'm very big about Theodore not getting in Samson's face and Samson not getting in Theodore's face yeah. because Samson will let Theodore do whatever he wants to him. Pull his hair, crawl all over him, bite him. Yes, my son bites <laughs> my dog. What, whatever. And other dogs are not going to let Theodore do that. Samson will not walk away from Theodore. Mm-hmm. Theodore will be picking on Samson until I, co- until I come and interfere or he gets bored. Samson will wait until Theodore has left him to go away. And then he'll run and hide. But it's just like, it, Samson is like, my job is to protect this baby. Yeah. And I will not do anything that makes this baby nervous. Yeah. And I almost wish he was a little less like that because Theodore is not going to learn dog <laughs> with Samson. So in case you haven't picked up, we both have kids. Oh, yep. Um. So I have one son. He is... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. He's nine months old, and he is my firstborn. I had him at 27. He was a planned pregnancy. I know. I'll have to <laughs> jump into that story, but tell us about your babies. Oh, I've got two kiddos. One's two and one's four. I had Jack. Uh, I, I had him 10 days before I turned 21. <laughs> Let me tell you, I partied hard. I now, bet you did. I'm pretty sure I slept through the whole thing. I had the worst recoveries from my pregnancies but he is a teenager already it feels like he stays in his room all day and I miss him so much because he's just like he does his own thing right now he has been really antisocial seriously like it makes me so sad uh but when he does come down he's like so sweet and you know and Charlotte's oh a hillion (laughs) (laughs) she just turned two and She's so sweet and beautiful. Oh, my gosh. She looks identical to her mother. <laughs> like a <Thanks>. spitting image. <laughs> she acts like me, too. So yep. there's that. But <laughs> no, they're they're They keep me busy. That's for sure. I stay at home. I'm a stay at home mom. And I'm very lucky. I know that. So. You're a stay at home mom to a traveling husband. Yeah. So <laughs> like. Uh, I'm also 25. <laughs> yeah. So Val is much younger than me and probably gets older than me most days. Um, <laughs> and that's like, so I've always had respect for stay-at-home parents because it's not something I, so pre-Ryan, I was never going to have children. I had no interest in it. I get with Ryan and I was like, I want your babies. Yeah. Um, which worked out because Theodore is so cute. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I am not exaggerating when I say this, that my nine-month-old is half my height because Ryan <laughs> is a foot taller than me. Um, but yeah, so then when I met you, Ryan, what, or Ryan, <laughs> whoops, Alan was on the road. Yeah. And I was just like, so he was three weeks gone, one week home when yeah. that, when I, when we first met. Yep. So not only were you like a stay at home mom, you were a solo parent for three weeks, like for a third of the, or three fourths of the month. Yep. 75% of the time by yourself. And it's just like an insanely hard job. That, like, I don't feel like a lot of people in your life want to recognize. Yeah. And Alan has this cushy job where he goes out and he welds in the summer's heat and just, like, (laughs) (laughs) 
He gets all this free time, no responsibilities. Yeah, no, no. responsibilities. Oh. He only works like 14 hour days, seven days a week in the heat. Um, oh, man. Lives, the, lives his best life. Oh, yeah. Because he still had, like, he literally had another apartment down where he was going all the time whenever yeah. we first met. So, side note, Val and I have only been friends for not even a year and a half, like a little, like close to a year and a half. Uh, we met in April of 2022. Yeah. I was already pregnant. Was not mind. wild. Yeah. And we've been glued to each other's sides ever since. <laughs> Sorry, not. Sorry. Our husbands, Alan and Ryan, were friends for a while. That's actually how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan and I got pregnant in December. Uh, well, December, January, like probably New Year's Eve, if we're being honest. Um, and we found out. On January 15th, so really soon. But we didn't tell people for a really long time. Um, so I want to say it was like the first week of April. Ryan has a group chat with all his friends and Val's husband, Alan, is in it. And he's like, they're talking, uh, Val and Alan, Valencia. So, sorry, I call her Val because <laughs> oh, that's what she went by I'm up until like four days ago. Sheet. <laughs> um had just bought a house and they were talking about it and Ryan and I had been looking obviously and Ryan goes yeah in the group chat this is how he tells everyone yeah we were hoping to buy a house before the baby comes but it doesn't look like it's gonna happen oh my gosh I'll let my you husband, tell like you're, you're oh my husband's like oh babe oh my gosh you gotta see this and so we're thinking he accidentally said it and I was like oh my gosh and so in my mind I'm like well don't say anything in case it was an accident and like his wife doesn't want anybody to know like just like you know, go past it. But there's no way. They're like, wait, back up. Yeah. And oh we had gosh. already like found out the gender at this point. Like, you know, we were we were in our second trimester. And yeah, because I remember the next like the next day I was like, oh, do you know what? Like, how far along are you? Like, what is it? And he's like, it has a penis, whatever that means. <laughs> like very Ryan-esque. Yeah. Um, so that's how like Ryan told the majority of his friends just like casually, which very in line with how I told like my work. Because I had a friend who was pregnant at work, and I told her the day after I took my test, and it was positive. Because, like, she knew I was, like, wanting to have a baby. So Ryan and I got married in February after we were pregnant. We knew we wanted to try for a baby in our first year of marriage. So I got my, I had an IUD birth control removed on December 16th. They were like, ugh, you know. I had had some previous issues, and they had said, well, let it go for six months, try and then we'll do the fertility testing. No one had any faith that I was going to get pregnant. You'll be lucky to get pregnant within a year based off my previous issues. I got pregnant the first time I ovulated without birth control in. <laughs> you overachiever. Which, like, I know that's, like, not how most people's stories are. It's not to rub it in. It's just, like, a complete shock to me because I was prepared. Like, I had been prepared because of past issues to deal with fertility problems. Mm-hmm. So, we... So that's why when I say plan, sort of. <laughs> so I was, I think I was almost 20 weeks or I was 20 weeks when I told everyone, I told my boss way sooner because I didn't want him to think I was going to job interviews when I went <laughs> to all these doctor's appointments. And he, mind you, his son-in-law works with us. He told no one. So when people found out that he knew, they're like, Brad didn't even tell anyone. And that's like so on brand with my boss. He's just like, that's who he is. Like, I adore where I work and the people I work for but um so I tell everyone at work so my friend Natasha is talking she's further along than I am she's almost due and she goes 
yeah, Kate was complaining about this. And I'm like, oh, did you, I grew this today. And I was like, that's what I tell Ryan every time he says he's tired. I'm like, I'm growing lungs today. So I just, we just said this across the office. No one in the office knows. So like a few minutes pass. And then this girl Paige goes, oh my God, are you pregnant? <laughs> when it clicked. Oh yeah. My gosh. Like, we just bust up laughing. That's how I told my workplace. And then Natasha was not able to hide her pregnancy because she had, with all three of her pregnancies, had horrendous morning sickness. Oh. I threw up once my entire pregnancy. I didn't start showing until, like, 25 weeks. I had a date. Like, I had an easy. I'm so sorry to rub this in people. <laughs> I had, like, a really easy pregnancy. I'm like, if I only got you beat on one of those things. I had two, like, for my, both my kids. I didn't I didn't get sick one time. I was nauseous, but it I was never this, got sick. I literally had the twice-baked potatoes from Sam's Club, and something about those just didn't sit right with me. See, you could have blamed it on that. Yeah. I, that, that's the only time I threw up while I was pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, I had a great pregnancy. So I wasn't showing. I wasn't puking at work. No one had any idea. And so when I not only told them that I was pregnant, I told them how far along I was and that I knew the gender. They were all like, <laughs> how did you hide this? And I said, well, I'm not Natasha. So you guys were all distracted with her puking every day. You didn't notice, like, I didn't, like, the thing that almost caught me is, so I consumed caffeine like no one's business. Like, we're talking 1,500 milligrams a day. So I went down to 200, which is the recommended daily dose, as soon as I found out I was pregnant. And then within like four or five weeks, cut it off completely. I almost got caught because I didn't have Red Bulls at work. Um, it actually caught on a meeting. I was like yawned or something. And someone goes, oh, like, you're really tired. And someone else makes a joke, oh, you haven't had your Red Bull yet? And then someone else was like, you haven't had Red Bulls in a while. And I'm like. Panicking, oh, panicking. Because I'm only like seven or eight weeks at this point. And I was like, yeah, I was drinking so much. So part of my New Year's resolution, I cut out caffeine. <laughs> You're so smart. I would have been like, uh, uh. No, like the <laughs> wheel. <laughs> I actually got, my doctor literally told me, I think it was like 13 weeks. She told me that I needed to start drinking caffeine again because I was like having blood pressure issues. And I refused to take like, and I was, it was like headache. I refused yeah. to take like Tylenol unless I absolutely couldn't yeah. stand anymore. So she was like, I'm, like, literally telling you to drink caffeine again. Wow. You're so lucky. <laughs> well, I did. I, like, I, 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 I already I ate decently. I mean, yeah. it wasn't perfect. I stayed active. But when I found out I was pregnant, I, and I was already taking prenatals. As soon as I got my IUD out, I started taking prenatals because my doctor was like, the one thing you could do for yourself and for your baby is to have that folic acid built yep. up. So I was already taking prenatals. So it wasn't hard. I stayed active my entire pregnancy. I ate really good, cut back on caffeine. I didn't. I, gained, I did none of that. <laughs> I didn't gain weight until I was 32 weeks. I had lost weight. So I was like net when I had my nine pound baby had gained two pounds from the day I became pregnant to when I gave birth. Because so I had lost weight. But then I. Yeah. I have major jealousy of <laughs> I gained over 65 pounds with both my pregnancies. Wait, both of your babies were over 10 pounds, weren't they? Yeah, they were, but and I, you there also, are so many things I could have done I was like, you also had, well, you were a lot younger. Yeah. So it's just, I had never worked out before when I had Jack. Like, I had never, I never even thought about it. I, I was doing CrossFit less than a year before I got pregnant. Yeah. So, I, and like, I was, even though I wasn't doing CrossFit anymore, when I got pregnant, I was still working out three or four times a week. Yeah. So, I worked out all through my first and second trimester. Well, actually, when we moved in here is kind of when I stopped going to the gym, and that was just all the chaos. We got the dog, so I was taking the dog on, like, four or five walks a day. Yeah. 
Um, we were moving, doing all this stuff. My husband decided to get hit by a semi four days after we bought our house. So he was injured for six weeks. So inconsiderate. He is the worst. I swear. I'm six months pregnant. My husband gets hit by a semi and his shoulder is completely unusable for, I think it was seven or eight weeks. like forever. So we had not, obviously, unpacked and moved everything. So my dad, love my dad, is, like, moving half of my stuff in my house. I can't move it. Um, Yeah, so it was chaos. Our house, like, we finally have gone through a garage and have things sorted. There's still stuff in our garage unpacked for over a year. Um. So, yeah, it's just, like, going to the gym. But I was still, I was getting out every day. I was walking miles every day. Yeah. Literally the day before I gave birth, I was supposed to be on bed rest. <laughs> and I still walked two miles. I hope Sue never hears this because I know I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, I got, so I got put on bed rest three days before I gave birth because of my blood pressure. I, had like, actually had, like, a really scary moment where I got to work. I started working, and then I lost vision. Because my blood pressure had got so high. Luckily, my dad worked across the street from me. So, got to the doctor, did my blood pressure. I had zero contractions. So, I got induced three days before my due date. And we had decided to do the induction because a, a week and a half before it had, she had me do another gross scan, which is not normal. But because of how big the baby was, and I say that because my son refused to get his heartbeat measured with the Doppler. Yeah. So she always had to bring in the portable ultrasound. So she got a visual of my baby every single week at that point, every time she went to check his heart rate. And so she is looking at him and said, my 37 week appointment, she's like, I want a gross scan. So if you've ever been pregnant before, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, during the like anatomy scans, as they're measuring, there's a little thing on the corner that tells you how (laughs) far along you are, whether it's like 29 weeks. So she is measuring. I am 37 weeks. She is measuring me, and it's like 41 weeks, 40 weeks and six days. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Did I ever tell you when I went in right the day before Jack was born? I was 36 weeks. He was measuring at 42. Yeah, so it's like what I'm at. It blows my mind. I'm like, so they put his head on. He was, his head, 42 weeks. I was like, are you joking? (laughs) That is not coming out And I was not getting induced. I was not get, I, I was not getting checked. I had no plans for induction. So I had not had like a cervical check to make sure I was progressing, which you could start at 37 weeks or 36 weeks. Yeah. I wasn't doing any of that. I, I just, I wanted to go naturally. I knew there was a chance I'd go over. So I go in, I'm a day before 39 weeks Um, when I go in and she's like, so your gross, we've talked about your gross scan. So after my gross scan, she said, I would like to look at it again at 39 weeks, discuss. I, I don't want you to go past 41. I was like, okay, I can meet there in the middle. I'm not anti-medicine. I'm just, I try to go as natural as possible. So we go in. I had this blood pressure. She's like, you're getting put on bed rest for the rest of your pregnancy. She's like, it's just, this was really scary. And I was terrified, you know. Um, and I'd had like a few high blood pressure readings in the past. So, you know, it was, my doctor is someone who listens really well. My, you know, so she... But we had bed rest, and we talked, and we talked, and Ryan and I decided induction was the right decision for us. The reason I was so anti-induction is because I really wanted to go all natural and not have an epidural. Not that I'm against epidurals by any means, especially not now. I just wanted to try, you know, which yeah. I did. And with an induction, because it's forced in the contractions, it's a lot harder, or it's, it's a lot more painful for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I knew the chance of me going with an epidural was lower. Uh, plus it slightly increases the risk of C-section and stuff like that. But I decided to get induced. 
and I go in and I get induced at 6 a.m. I, or no, no, we didn't even start the medicine until 7 a.m. And I had my baby at 8.30, 8.20 something p.m. that night. Um, I ended up getting an epidural because by one, I was having back-to-back contractions, like nonstop contractions. Now, the fun thing about my labor is I wasn't allowed to sit down or lay down because if I did, my blood pressure would spike and his heart rate would drop. Oh, my god! So the only way to keep a – so if your baby's heart rate stays too low for too long, you get a C-section. Yep. So the only way to keep his heart rate where it needed to be was to stand up. So by 5 p.m., I had been standing with back-to-back contractions. So I'd been standing all day, but I'd been having back-to-back contractions for four hours, and I was at a three. Or no, I was at a four. Oh, wow. So I had I hadn't progressed more than because I was when I went in I was at a two because she won't induce if you're at anything less than a two. Yeah. No, maybe. Yeah, no, I was at a two. So I had only got to a four, and so five p.m. I cannot hold. Ryan is literally holding me up and has been holding me up for hours. So Ryan was prepared to do it as long as he needed to, but you could tell he was tired. I physically couldn't stand my because every time a contraction. Hit, I clenched my thigh muscles. They literally just weren't working. So I was like, they're like, you can do the drip pain medicine. You can do that epidural. So we were talking about the drip pain medicine. They mentioned the word fentanyl. I'm immediately out. I understand it's a low dose and someone's going to tell me I'm insane. My best friend did it with her second baby, but I just, you know, didn't do it. Uh, decided to go with epidural. Get the epidural at 530. By six o'clock, I am knocked out. You couldn't talk to me. I was asleep. They had to wake me up <laughs> to start pushing. To start pushing. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't even feel pressure. I was like, yeah. I can't push. It's like, I'm going to come back in 15 minutes and we're going to start pushing. I was like, I can't push. It's like, you're at 10. I was like, I don't feel anything. I went back to sleep. They had to come back in, wake me up, start pushing. The baby was there like two minutes later. Did, did not feel a thing. Wow. Um, that, that was the same with me. They were like, tell us when your next contraction starts, you know, when to push. And I'm like, I can't feel that. You have to tell me. Ryan had to hold my head up. <laughs> And I had a birth photographer, which like 10 out of 10, if it's something that's an option in your area, you feel comfortable with someone, would recommend. But they don't actually let them take pictures of the physical birth. Right. So my sweet, lovely birth photographer who has done my engagement photos, wedding photos, maternity, birth, and newborn photos is holding up my other leg. Because I couldn't do anything. I was useless. <laughs> I just, I, I, it feels like I'm bragging because I got pregnant really easy. I had this great pregnancy. I had like a relatively easy delivery. 10 out of 10 would do all of this. <laughs> so I had a fantastic recovery because I didn't have to do anything for three weeks. Um, so yeah, it, uh, that's, that's how I got Theodore. <laughs> he was not almost nine pounds, like just a few ounces shy of nine pounds. How big were, did you, did you get induced with either of them? Uh, with Charlotte, I did. So I was 36 weeks. And we had an anatomy scan for Jack. And he was measuring like 42 weeks. It was like they, they estimated his weight at like 8 pounds, 14 ounces. I uh, My water broke at 5 a.m. the next morning. I was like really uncomfortable in bed. And Alan worked nights. And he had just got home like an hour earlier. So he had just fallen asleep. And I roll over and my water breaks. And I'm like, oh, something's happening. And he's like. I just fell asleep. <laughs> I was so terrified that was going to happen because Ryan worked nights when we had Theodore. Yeah. But so I'm like, okay, so we're like freaking out, which I wish I would have known. I didn't need to freak out. Like I had so much time that I could have, you, you know. You're 20 years old. Yeah. And so we like raced to the hospital 
and we get there. I hadn't even had a contraction yet, so I didn't even know what to expect. And I never had any Braxton Hicks either, so I had yeah, no either. idea. And so I get all checked in, get in the room. Like, they get me all hooked up, talk me through everything. And then I have my first one. I was like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> so if you've, if you've gone through delivery, you know it's, well, I guess not everybody would know. So whenever your water breaks, your contractions are actually a little bit worse than if you get induced and they don't break your water until, like, way later. So I got to experience both because Charlotte was, in, in, I was induced with her, but. So I had a very, very textbook labor with Jack, um, literally like 12 hours. I did push for two hours to get him out. He ended up being nine pounds, 14 ounces, and uh, just perfect in every way. He is so cool. He did some damage. He's, I love his baby pictures. He's just like, like, listen, no diss to skinny babies, but chunky babies have my heart. Oh, they are the best. And so when they put him in the nursery, he was obviously the biggest baby in there. And they said people would walk by, like, eyes wide, like, holy cow, that kid is humongous. And that's how you knew it was my kid. He was the biggest one in there. But, no, he was perfect. And, uh, but when I had Charlotte, I was so miserable. And uh, I was 39 weeks when I, like, I went in for my appointment. And I wasn't, I was dilated, like, a one, maybe a two for, like, you know, almost every time. I didn't get checked every time because that, that was, like, the worst part for me oh for the gosh. whole thing. And so um, at 39 weeks, she's like, okay, are you considering being induced? And I was like, yes, please, as soon as you can. Like, please. So I got induced till like, 6 a.m. And I also had, like, a 12-hour labor with her. But at one point, I can't remember if her heart rate, heart rate was being weird or, like, can't remember why, but I had to like get up on my knees and like turn around and lean over the bed, or something had something to do with my cervix or something. I don't remember, but uh, I I was there for a while and then I was like, please give me the epidural. I am an epidural person. Oh my gosh, the best thing in the world. Listen, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I did with Jack. I literally was like looking up ways to like do an unmedicated birth I don't know like that lasted about five minutes because then I was like absolutely not I blame Cassie for this for me thinking I could do this so my best friend has two babies and her first baby she calls me hey I'm going to labor talking to me like this I'm like no you're not meet at the hospital no honey you need to go home you're not going to labor they check her she's at a seven (gasps) walking talking to us like this inactive labor wow she had my on her due date. Completely unmedicated. I There's was no time for it at that point. No screaming. <laughs> no, like she literally is like cool, calm, and collected. She did almost murder her mother, and I could see that in her eyes, but only I could see that in her eyes as her best friend. Um, obviously, we're close because I was in there when she gave birth. Um, yeah, so she did it, and I, don't get me wrong. It's not that I thought it was easy, but it felt doable. Like she, in her second birth was horrendous. Like, yeah. I, like I feel so bad for her because. She had this like great experience and she had this awful, she had to have a C-section with her second, like an emergency one. Um, Maya comes and she's like, so I was like, I was like, I'm going to try. I think I can do it. Active labor hits you in the face. Now. Some people are just built different though. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that had I been able to lay down, I might've been a little different, but I'm almost yeah. glad I didn't because I'm never going to walk into another party and be like, I'm not going to get the epidural. I'd be like, epidural please. Hit me like that. <laughs> 
Yeah, so you I'm... can give me the epidural and then put the induction medicine in if you want. <laughs> Sometimes you just need an epidural for like life. I wish like so yeah, I was like I wish some days I could just get an epidural so we didn't have to get out of bed. <laughs> oh. After those like long runs or the, some of those leg days we do, yeah. could you just give me an epidural? Please, yeah. So I'm pretty sure I pushed for two hours with Charlotte as well. She came out ten pounds five pounds. <laughs> Even the doctor didn't think that she would be bigger than her brother. And, like, just seeing her eyes and the nurse's eyes, like, whoa, you know? I just couldn't believe it. And she's just, like, a humongous, smushy potato. Ugh, I <laughs> love them. so smushy. It's like, that's, that's where Theodore gets his nickname, Smushed, is because yeah. they just look so smushed yeah. when they come out. Like, if you look at her pictures from the day she was born until now, you're like, that is not the same kid. Because she was huge. <laughs> I know this is not everyone's experience, but if you are pregnant and you're worried about having a big baby statistically big babies sleep through the night sooner oh because once they hit 10 pounds or if they drop birth weight they have to go back to their birth weight you no longer have to wake them up to feed them that was a whole new concept for me i was never told to wake them up to feed them because because your kids came out fine but i didn't know i like i didn't i thought it was just like you don't have to wake them up like they'll wake themselves up but apparently that's a big they were baby. so they were telling us about this the first night like hey you might have to wake them up to feed him because the first night we were morons and we we're like yeah we'll keep him the yeah. second night, we're like, get that baby. Yeah. Or like, no, I think it was like 1 a.m. the first night. We're like, hey, can you take him to the nursery? Yeah. Now again, we were literally, we could, I could see the nursery from my hospital bed. I could see my baby from my hospital bed. So oh, nice. Yeah, because we were right across the hall. Ryan mm-hmm. literally would like peek out and see him. That's cool. Yeah, it was so nice. And there was like just not a ton of people. Like, it was, there was oh, only yeah. like two or three babies. Um, Because I gave birth at the not preferred hospital. <laughs> Which like, it's my preferred hospital, don't get me wrong, because it's my preferred doctor. And that's, like, the other thing, like, I would recommend is, like, pick your doctor, not your hospital. Right. Where were you? Freeman. Oh, so was I. I Yeah. Mercy is, like, the preferred. Now, Cassie gave birth in both. And if Sue practiced at both, I would have chosen Mercy because they're birthing, like, their rooms way nicer. One, you don't move. So, like, where you give birth. I couldn't get over that for some reason, like, to give birth in the same room to stay in. They flip it, but, yeah. Oh, They stay in. So, it's, like, a lot nicer room to get, like, if you're in labor for multiple hours. They're huge rooms. I visited yeah. people after they had kids there, and I'm like, yeah, they're insane. Wow. Um, so we did have that, um, but yeah, they like they were prepping us for, and like, oh, you're gonna have to wake him up to feed him. Well, we didn't that first night. He's like, he doesn't know what anything is. Yeah, and I did not breastfeed. I didn't even attempt to breastfeed. Um, so then the second day, they're like, yeah, what we told you about that, ignore that. My baby never lost weight because, like, usually babies go down like yeah. for the first few days, like. And usually take two weeks to get back to their birth week. Theodore didn't play that game. <laughs> I just remember you being like, yeah, I got to wake him up to feed him. And I was like, don't do that. My doctor told me not to do that. And you're, you're like, yeah, because your kids came out like toddlers and they don't need to eat <laughs> as often as little babies. Yeah. Not that yours is like tiny, but it no. was also like mine was just had he lo- Had he stayed at his birth weight or lost, we would have had to. But because he, we didn't. Um. I think the biggest crime to new mothers everywhere is that if you have a boy and you just get them circumcised, they now do it like right and then send you home right after. Like they keep them for like 10 minutes. She's like, yeah. you can stay longer if you want. I was like, we're going to do that. Yeah, they literally wait until you're leave. Like they're waiting till the day you leave. Because they, they do don't want to listen to your baby either. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It was like, I, so it had the decision been entirely up to me. I wouldn't have gotten Theodore circumcised. But because I thought you didn't. We did. Oh, I don't know why I thought you didn't. Ryan, like, Ryan had opinions about it. So my dad has, I'm so sorry to my brothers, more than one son, and one of them is circumcised, and one isn't. And my dad said, 
if I went back and could do it again, I would have circumcised my little brother. Because it's just like when they're sick, it's a big thing and like it can hold infection, like their foreskin mm-hmm. can. And there was my little brother had to go get a like shot in his penis because he got sick and it got infected. And when Theodore caught COVID at two months old, that's the first thing the doctor said was, it's a good thing he's circumcised. Hmm. Wow. Right after he told me, you know. good news, it's COVID. And I was like, good news? He's like, yeah, the flu, this this flu strain that's going around, and RSV way is worse. way worse on yep. babies. Oh. Theodore was, like, down for a day and a half. Ryan was down for a whole week. I never got sick. Um, my genetics are obviously superior. I was the opposite. I got it, and neither of my kids did. And I actually had to take care of them by myself while I had COVID. Because my husband was traveling, and at that time, we couldn't afford for him to take off work. And everyone was too scared of it still to come help me. I did have a couple people drop off groceries. Before anyone but... judges me, I was not friends with Val at this time. <laughs> Man, you would have saved my life. I would have. Oh I would have went and got COVID. Because I literally, it was the worst I had ever, I should have gone to the hospital, but I couldn't because I had to take care of the kids. And yeah. Charlotte was, it was August and she was born in May. So she was only a few months old, which I think was really great. She still slept a lot. And so that helped. But I was literally in bed for a week. But I also think that having to get up and take care of like Jack and the kids helped me recover a little bit faster, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think, I think it kind of goes back to like, so we're both big movement people, mm-hmm. both uh, Valencia and I are huge movement people. Um, I think it kind of goes back to like if you lay there and like soak in it, you're not like obviously you're just like getting further and further behind like what your yep. body is capable of doing. And I'm truly like someone who like obviously you don't like kill yourself pushing yourself, right. but your brain's gonna tell you to stop long before you ever need to stop. So yeah. I'm yeah. really big on like just like I you know I'm. Like, I'm up. I was out taking walks with my dog two days after I got home from the hospital. I know that's not everyone's thing. Don't get me wrong. I was stitched on all four sides. So, yeah. I, uh, but that's, like, I just, I'm so, such a believer in, like, this idea that movement is, like, what keeps you, I mean, like, it is. It's I what wish keeps I would have known that whenever I had Jack, because I stayed in bed for a, literally a week. Alan did every single thing. I didn't get up unless I had to, unless I had to. And if, if I would have known, you push yourself a little bit to get up more, you're going to heal faster more than likely. Because with Charlotte, I did. I pushed so hard. I had, it was worse with her, my recovery. I'm mad. Physically. But, like, me pushing myself to, like, move, because I knew I would, I would feel better if I did. And that really helped. So, well, like, I recommend that. Like, push just a little there bit. There is all of these contradicting, opin- contradicting opinions on it. I know that. But what they tell you in the hospital is, you're not going to be able to leave until you're able to walk, like take walks every day. And yep. that's what they told me. So I, I gave birth Saturday evening, Sunday morning. They're like, okay, assisted or unassisted, I need you to get up and walk. You can't walk with the baby. You have to have the bassinet. Your husband can stay. You can put him in the nursery. So um, the first walk, we put the baby in the nursery and Ryan walked with me. By the end of Sunday, I was walking by myself, not holding on to anyone, any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my epidural was in so much effect that they keep you in labor and delivery for two hours. So the worst part of the worst part of pregnancy and the worst part of delivery is when they push on your stomach every 15 oh. minutes for two hours. And no one talks about that. They're like, no, it's not that bad. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I would give birth every 15 minutes for two hours before I let them yeah. push on my stomach. I will unfriend anybody who tells me that that is not a big deal. <laughs> I don't need I don't need your lies in my life. 
Like, so if you're worried about anything, if you are anxious about anything, it's that. That is by far the worst part. Um, it's some grown, usually women sometimes, but there's men who do it, is putting their body weight on your uterus. And they, I know it's necessary. They're trying to it's make not sure not just not bleeding. like light pushing. Next time, let me bleed out. Because <laughs> they're yeah. checking to make sure there's not like an, a huge surplus yeah. of blood like pulling up and stuff like that. I get it. I yeah. do. It's, Next time, let me die. You need it, but you don't want it. <laughs> oh, no. It was the worst thing ever. And they come in and like you can just tell. They have the look on their face. And they're like, I am so sorry. They know. They're super apologetic. I like literally, the fir- well, the second time they did it, I was holding the baby. I was like, I was like, whoa, hold on. Like, <laughs> and so every time she came in, Ryan would just immediately come over and take the baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the worst part. We're here to tell you not lies. So I'm sorry if you get you worried, but we will tell you straight up, girlfriend. Like, we, oh, we're dead. This is dead fact here. Uh, unfortunately, like we, I wish I could sugarcoat things. Oh no, absolutely not. You got to know what you're getting into, but. Yeah. No. no, I did push a little too hard when I had Charlotte, like, in the hospital, like, the second day. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to get up. And, man, I was so uncomfortable, but I tried, and then I passed out. <laughs> he, I was, I got up, and I walked from the bed to the chair, and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And so Alan's, like, changing Charlotte's diaper, and I was like, I think I need you. And he's like, okay, I'm almost done. And I was like, no, I really need you right now and he like looks over and I'm like pale about to like fall over and so he like the baby was safe in the baby thing and so he like comes over (laughs) and he like catches me and I'm like I can I'm still aware but he said my eyes were closed and I was like no I could see everything I just couldn't do anything but the thing was is where we were is on the other side of the room. He could not reach the phone. He could not reach the button. He didn't know what to do. He was like what do I do? What do I do? (laughs) I don't know. He was like panicking. He was able to, like, somehow reach the phone and, like, push the button. And they're like, hi, you know, what can we do? And he's like, can I get some help? And they're, like, being, like, super chill. Like, yeah, we'll send someone in. He's like, no, I need help right now. And so, like, one nurse comes just, like, walking in. And she sees. And then all of a sudden, like, ten people are in there. And they're like, oh, he needs help. And so. But I was fine. Like, it was. This guy was fine. It was, like, terrifying. But it was, like, fine. Well, that's, like, I had been. I'm, like, I had been seeing Sue for over a decade at this point. And she, like, she, so she knew, like, um, about, like, how I got into fitness in the last two years and all this stuff. And she was, like, she was, like, keep working out, especially if you want to have a natural delivery. Like, if you can run for 10 minutes, that's great. That's not going to give you the energy you need to have a baby. This is a marathon. Yep. She's, like, keep working out. Stay on top of it. She's, like, that's going to make, that's going to make your recovery easier. It's going to make your delivery easier. It's going to make your pregnancy easier. And I took that to heart. Yeah. And I took that personally, and I listened. <laughs> and I truly do believe that, like, that level of, like, my body got up and moved every day. And that really allowed me to, like, to go through, like, to have, like, the experience I did. Um, and I think that's, like, the best advice I got. This, Well, that's the second best. The first, like, the piece of advice I got that I take so personally is, like, don't take anyone's advice. And that's, so anytime, like, like Val had two friends who were pregnant at the same time, or one, your sister and your friend, yeah. pregnant at the same time as I was, due after me, both with boys. <laughs> um, and so anytime we kind of start talking about it, I was very careful. I was not going to give them advice. 
But if I did, I would always say, no, my number one piece of advice is don't take anyone's advice. <laughs> and then I would like say, cause everything is so personal. I'm yep. like, you have so many emotions, especially when you're pregnant. Um, and like you have your own opinions. Like I have a lot of opinions that a lot of people don't agree with. Like actually that your friend confronted me with in like the weirdest way. And like, uh, the, if, if I, we won't, we can cut this out when I was like, well, I don't like, I won't let him be alone with any men. Oh, right, like, oh right, women right. can do that too. And I'm like, what a creepy thing to say. <laughs> well, yeah. Or like, and I don't post my son's face on social media and it's not like, cause I'm so popular and so famous and like that. Cause I want Theodore to be able to decide his own social footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, also Ryan's mom worked for DFS in multiple states. So the horror and the fear out there is not something we hear about on the news. It's something that like Theodore's go-go experienced firsthand. And so it's, it hits a lot closer to home for us. And so we're a lot more cautious. Like there are, there is one person who's not blood related to me. Who's like been entrusted to watch my child. And she's sitting across <laughs> me right now. <laughs> I literally walk, walk past Ashley to get to him because okay. I love him so much. No, honestly, I wish that I hadn't been so open originally with my kids on social media. Like, I love posting about them. I love, like, that everybody gets to see them all the time. But now, things are different in our life. And a lot of people, especially family members, use social media as a relationship with my kids. And it's Mm -hmm. so one-sided and it's so sad. They think they know everything that's going on in our lives because of what they see on social media. And I've really actually pulled back on what I post about them, especially in like what we're doing, because I don't feel that anybody should have a relationship with especially children on social media because the kids don't get anything from that. But if you think you're seeing like you get to see like, oh, I got to, you know, I see what they're doing. I, you know, I'm caught up and I'm like, you feel, you feel like you were there with no connection with my kids. And I'm so over that. I can't even like, that's going to be a whole episode. I'm over that. that for you. And this is not like an I'm holier than thou opinion because I, so my best friend Cassie has two children who they were like my first children. I love them more than words could say. Um, When Cassie had them, I posted everything. They did videos of them, stuff like that. Just like, um, just like you would with like your kid. I was younger and I hadn't really thought about the implications. And actually when I made this decision with Theodore, I went through and scrubbed my social media of my little brother and of my siblings or of my siblings, of my little brother. Well, yeah, my siblings and Cassie's children and other things. And while I didn't take all their faces off, um, I did just like kind of want to like reel it back. So I don't, I, I post such few pictures even of Theodore, the back of Theodore's head. Um, you know, our trip to the zoo, you know, just a few cute things with friends, but people really do have to be involved in his life to understand like what he likes, what he mm-hmm. likes to eat, what he's doing, like what this, like I'm not posting. He did this for the first time he did that. Yeah. And that's not like, because I don't want to post it. it. It's just because my circle is so curated, I guess. Mm-hmm. I really only keep people around yeah. me. That I admire are people that. Who want to be here and like people that I respect and like, I want to be around and stuff like that. Um, and they are like, Ryan has an aunt who lives in California who makes an effort to like message us and things like that. And those people, they, they get the pictures. Like I am 
every day sending pictures to like a list of friends, family. And it leads to this like broader conversation of not just like, oh, I saw a picture of Theodore. He does this, this, and this now. Yeah. Like his godmother, for example, she gets pictures probably daily and it's still not enough for her. But she knows what he likes and she's asking these questions and she's engaged. And it, it feels so much more personal for me. But their relationship is like a lot more in depth than I think social media relationships can be. So, yeah, like. Yeah. I have that, like, so we have my aunt who lives, she's my great aunt, she lives in Colorado, and she has a bigger bond with our kids. She FaceTimes us at least, like, four times a week. She literally flew here she for Charlotte's birthday calls party. calls almost every time we're over here, and I love it. <laughs> she, like, knows when I'm, like, right with you. But I also have family that live here, and they see their pictures on social media, and that's apparently enough for them, because they only will see our children at, like, family events or, like, holidays. Because they feel like they see them enough on in pictures that they don't have to put in the time. And it just, it honestly just breaks my heart that, like, it's one of the reasons why we would, like, want to move to Colorado. Because we know for a fact that she would put in the effort, because she does right now. Yeah. And effort is so big to me right now. Because, I, yeah. I think your experience is so much more, like, common than kind of the, like, mine. Yeah. And, like, when, like, I'm sure there'll be an episode where we kind of get in-depth to, like, how, I'm almost, I'm probably too far with boundaries. I'm probably too firm, too strict with boundaries. Those <laughs> over here telling me, no, I'm not. Well, when, I think it's so good to start off with boundaries like that because we're at a point where we have to start establishing boundaries. Yeah. And that is so much harder because people are like, well, it's been like this the whole time. Why are you changing it? And they can't see why. But they just have to deal and it's my harder. life motto is I reserve the right to change my mind mm-hmm. if I'm not changing my mind if I'm not like if I had the same opinions I had at 16 I didn't learn shit in the last 12 years yeah nothing so I reserve the right to change my mind and I I literally say that because there have been parenting decisions I've already changed my mind on and I say that well I re- if and no one says well that changed no one does that to me mm-hmm. it's happened once and I very quickly I was like I reserve the right to change my mind and I, I can change it back if you want yeah like, I'm very, like, shut, like, I shut that kind of stuff down, and I think just because people know and expect that from me, it's, a, it's like, a lot different. I don't have as many confrontations as, like, I used to when I was younger, and I first developed, like, this need to, like, kind of make my boundaries so known, mm-hmm. but by the time I had Theodore, I had, I have been practicing and implementing and, enfor- like, that's it. It's the enforcement of the boundaries that no one talks about. It, that's the hard part and like I have a boundary where my stepmother is not allowed around my child um and everyone is just like well she's your stepmom you don't care act like it's this easy thing and it is one of the hardest things for one my dad and my stepmother got together when I was 16 so she was around when I was going through this critical part of my life and I do love her I still love her to this day and I miss my niece's birthday party and my little brother's ball games now. I went to every single one, every single dance recital for my sister. I don't go to those now. I miss those. On Christmas, on Thanksgiving, I didn't spend it with my dad. But on Christmas, my dad and my little brother and my sister came over and they weren't with their mom. And then I carried the guilt of that because they wanted to be around Theodore. Um, And so it's like, that's always hard for me because I am now... I split my family in half it, because of a boundary and force. Yes, it was due to her actions. And it took my dad a minute, but my dad genuinely understands. 
Um, but I still carry the guilt that I make, that I put this on my dad and that my little siblings have to like kind of live with this boundary, which reminds me, I texted him back yesterday. So I probably should do that. He asked if we can come over, but I was at work and I didn't even think about it. So I've got to fix him today. You just got to remember why you established that boundary and how important it is to you. I think that's just it is like, because I so, I waited and was so careful about becoming a mother, like it was so deeply intentional. It wasn't like the first time I wanted a baby or wanted to be a mom. Not that, that, that there's anything wrong with that because you were young and that's probably yeah. what happened for you. And you are one of kids, the yeah. best mothers ever. And so it's not that, but my baby wasn't an accident. He wasn't like I was 27 years old. I was 26, about to be 27 when I got pregnant. I was 27 years old when I had my baby. I, I was, I had been married before. This was my second marriage. I had, I had a career. I was graduated from college. I was fine. Like my husband and I financially great place. Um, it was so intentional that it makes doing things for the sake of my son. So easy, so effortless because that's like, I think that's it. Like I'm intentionally a parent. So everything I do has intention behind it. And I think like that's another thing that I feel like you and I really like deeply connect on is we're not raising little boys and little girls. We're not raising babies. We're raising grown men and grown women because they're only our babies for a moment, but they're adults forever. And like, I'm not raising a little boy. Like it makes me so sad to think about it. I'm not raising a little boy. I am raising a grown man who I want to go out and be a good man and it's so intentional that it makes those kind of things easier you can have Brian do that all right I like it here it's just like I keep elbowing it it's it's not even the lamp with this spring that keeps clanging in my ear that so in our apartment the big living room didn't have any lights in it so we bought that lamp we had that too we had an apartment it was like a one-bedroom apartment we had to have this like humongous lamp and no, I, just, I open. I left the blinds open all the time and just like had that. <laughs> but that's kind of just we're probably gonna do try to do at least one episode like this a week where we're just kind of sitting down and like talking and bullshitting and just letting you know like some of the choices we've made and hopefully you can relate. We'd love to hear opinions on it. Um, and then we we definitely will have more structured episodes as well where we're we've researched and discussed a topic and. Anything you want to hear more on, we are really open books. We like to use our life experiences uh, to help people or to make people be like, wow, glad that wasn't me. <laughs> um, so just let us know what you want to hear more on. And um, we'll definitely go into more dedicated like episodes on our history. But this was Self Misguided. And we can't wait to be with you next time. <laughs>